you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists, like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. The Around the NFL Podcast. Might return punts this season. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with heroes, Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. What is happening? Ow! Good morning. First week of the preseason's over. Mm. We're here in the morning, starting it off. I don't know. A lot to get to. It just, it went from in the middle of the off season where we're we're scratching our heads like chimpanzees trying to figure out what are we going to talk about today to a, a veritable feast of football uh, uh, stuff to go over, and we we're going to try to get into as much as we can on another episode of the Around <laughs> the NFL podcast. Um, this this weekend, by the way, we were at Wes's West Fest. Oh. Not a West Fest, but it was a big party at Wes's. It was. It wasn't a sanctioned WrestleMania event, but it was. It was, not. It was fun. It wasn't even your idea. Someone else suggested <laughs> that they have their birthday party at your house, even though you barely know them. That's, that's what a, a host. true statement. That was an interesting move. The people seemed very nice that I met. They were very nice. Uh, and on the NFL, next. good time was had. I was a little more stressed out than I normally would be because I had to host. Yeah, put it on your host hat, and maybe that plays into what happened then on the cornhole uh, boards where. Oh no. <laughs> Um, where Chris Wessling, that's the three of us, very flattering photos of all of us. Oh, horrible. Where Chris Wessling, right there, you'll see him on the right, me on the left, defeated by the old Zeuser twice in three games. Let's wow. Talk Let's talk about it, Wes. Oh, my God. What do you want to talk about? I didn't know that. Well, it was. I'm surprised he showed up for work. It was, you know, I, I wasn't gloating about it. Well, I did a little bit, but listen, Not at all. and I went head to head, and I put a lot on the board. And then my teammate Ali did a great job mm. uh, also. And uh, the the end of the game was two games to one, uh, the old Zeuser over Wes. Wait, I wasn't there. Let me try to make a prediction after not having been there. Did Wes throw whoever his teammate was under the bus after the game? No. Who was his teammate? 
Is uh, Emily, the girl whose yeah. birthday party yeah. birthday. You can't throw her under the bus in that circumstance. But Wes did, uh, as things started to turn in the wrong direction, he started to mention more about the, the lack of uh, sunlight, <laughs> about how he'd been drinking throughout the day. But bottom line is, Wes, come on, I was throwing pretty good corn. Look, if I showed up at a party at like 7 o'clock after everyone else had been having fun <laughs> and doing things for six or seven hours, I would probably be in good shape in Cornhole as well. I am 11-0 and 0 as Wes's teammate, and yeah. I've never recorded a statistic. He's a one-man <laughs> show. The other person just has to get out of the way. So, yes, Wes's inability to give me credit here speaks to this. Dan threw game. well. Dan threw very well. Maybe it was the fuchsia-colored NFL.com T-shirt that threw Look, my off. whole game was off. I was supposed to change clothes halfway through, but I was – I was all bent out of shape because I've got I'm grilling burgers and dogs and all this stuff. Well, that image got tweeted out, and people were not impressed with the trio's appearance in general. No, I guess we could have been a little more put together for the party, but it's a summer, very hot day in Los Angeles. It was a fun time. Good meat products, Wes. Thank you. Um, all right, so yes, big show today. Big show. Uh, we have a lot to get to, and we're going to hit all of it. And we, you know, we have a lot of news, of course. Uh, we have uh, the preseason. Week one is in the books. Uh, a lot of games to go over and storylines. So unfortunately, one of the, the worst aspects of the preseason, there's always injuries, so we'll hit on some injuries. Um, and then, like you know, like we've been teasing for weeks and weeks, it is time mm. with Greg Rosenthal, Roto World founder, really the, the, the brain <laughs> of, behind Roto World. Not true. Uh, and then Chris Wessling, his first lieutenant. Not that of Roto World, <laughs> you know the two men. We said we thought we need to get them on the show on the Around the NFL podcast to talk fantasy. What about Mark? Mark's here. I mean, I could leave at any moment. Though, um, from the Mark's here, uh, so that we will. This is the Around the NFL Fantasy Spectacular Week. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, the Gin Blossoms. <laughs> That's all we could afford. That's it. <laughs> At least it's not train. This is the first NFL event. By the way, train is not playing. Great, great point, Greg. Hey, NFL league office, Park Avenue, stop hiring train. <laughs> not enough train. Well, you can it's... thank uh, Janet Jackson for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true. By the way, I'm looking down. We have a rundown now that we're taping the full show, and uh, I believe we've come to the part of the show called Mirth Chat Two. <laughs> <laughs> so please have a Mirth Chat Two. Uh, for the next few Mark, seconds. say something funny and irreverent. No, you're the host. You need to deliver something that, you know, springboards Mirth Chat 2 segments. But it should be no fantasy spectacular. We're going to do set three segments on each of our shows this week, breaking, getting into different things. Uh, today's show, we're going to dig into the running backs and tight ends, preview those positions, and hopefully we'll make you smarter ahead of your big draft. So that's everything that's going on uh, today. Now we check behind the glass. Uh, TD made a really weird, very L.A.-like cameo at Wes's party, literally for <laughs> 25 to 30 minutes, pulled up in a high-priced sports car, and then left. And took pictures. And took pictures and then left. TD, how are you doing, buddy? How's it going, guys? It was my first time on West Manor. Oh, look at this. Times. We've got the camera in the back now yes, for anyone right. watching. Yes, that's right. we got the behind-the-glass camera. Um, Wes, great party. Thank um, you. Many could have used a little light carbs items, but other than that, it was Oh, fantastic. yeah, he was looking for water. <laughs> And nice try. <laughs> Not at West's party. Yeah. There was an ocean like 20 feet away. Yeah, friend. <laughs> friend. I don't throw water parties. Really nice spot. Really nice spot. TD, I mean, it was clear to me that you, you showed up. 
you know, you took a look at what was going on. You said, I got it. I can't just leave right away because it's obviously impossible to get there. Gave it about 20 minutes and got out of there as fast as you could. Well, I did have a movie to go catch. So that was. What did you say? Uh, straight out of Compton. I shouldn't ask. Oh, straight out of Compton? Mm-hmm. <laughs> How was it? Made like $55 million. Yeah. Really good, really good uh, money you made. Uh, Ice Cube's son was great because he had his mannerisms of his dad. But uh, Corey Hawkins, who played Dr. Dre, sounded a lot like Dr. Dre. So that was mm. fantastic. Big Dre fan. See, look, we even got a movie review in for you. Very good. All right, let's do some news. You just do what I'm coached and have fun. Come out here and, and let it go and enjoy the moment. Hey, look, you found a way to squeeze Tebow into the podcast. Sure, I did. Baby. That might be it for Tebow. <laughs> you know, uh, it, I should mention before the show started that Wes said he did two radio interviews over the weekend, and the first questions he got were about Tebow, and he instantly marked those hosts as idiots. <laughs> it's not the exact phrasing I used, but to act like Tim Tebow is the biggest story in the NFL this weekend shows that you really don't know much about football. Ooh. I was here in the social media limb of our Taking operation. Taking shots at NFL Network. <laughs> it was like an intimate experience for them. If I mean, the shoe fits. Forget it. Well, you got to enjoy it. it. This is Tebow season. It's going to end in a couple of weeks. No more Tebow after this. And God, again, league office, no more train. <laughs> I know San Francisco, you want to tie it in. They're from the Bay Area. There's got to be an up-and-coming. You are the only person that knows artist. that, that they're from the Bay Area. I don't need no Pat Monahan <laughs> in my life. The old Zeuser. My quote of the day. (laughs) All right, here we go. We'll start uh, with injury news. Like we said, this was actually not from the preseason. This is an issue that the Chicago Bears have been dealing with um, throughout uh, the offseason. Kevin White, the seventh overall pick uh, in May's draft, or I guess it was the last day of April, he developed a shin issue, which uh, it was a little shady or shaky what it was. They were saying shin splints. Turned out it was a stress fracture. Uh, White had a setback this past week, which led to the team's decision for White now to undergo surgery um, on the shin, which will cost him at least six weeks. He's going to start the season on the pup list. But more tellingly and disturbingly, if you're a Bears fan, general manager Ryan Pace left the door open that White can miss his entire rookie season, Greg. It's huge. I mean, Wes, you are more excited about Kevin White, I think, than any rookie player. And the Bears have such a bad roster on defense and so many other questions that the one thing they had was a pretty fun skill position group. You had Kevin White and Alshon Jeffrey on the outside. You got Martellus Bennett and Matt Forte. You thought maybe with Adam Gase they can cook something up, and now it looks like his entire rookie season is going to be a wash. Yeah, he was my favorite coming out of the draft just because of how charismatic he was at the draft. Um, Just a unique guy. I really liked him. You know, I thought yesterday – this is about how bleak it looked for Odell Beckham last summer. And then I heard that he needed surgery to put a rod in his leg. Yeah. So I, I think we can stop any kind of late season impact uh, comparisons to Odell Beckham. That, that sounds like it will be entire season. We were just talking the other day that the Bears, like what team is are you least excited to sit down and watch? Mm, and I don't know why there. for me it's the Bears because I think it starts with Jay Cutler and it's John Fox. And it's the whole operation. And White was one of the things you could look at and say, no, there's something to watch, and he's gone. By the way, on it just shows that you can never – not that we should have to relearn this, but you can never trust coaches or players on injuries on anything. As, as recently as Friday, they were saying how he was going to be back on the field very soon. And then the that next was day, he's basically out for the season. My but. Saturday morning shift uh, <laughs> on the news desk today was – or on Saturday was write a post at 6.45 or 7 in the morning – 
about Kevin White saying Friday how he wishes he's ready for the field. And I thought in the NFL they make you get on the field when you're hurting, but I guess I guess I was wrong. But I'm ready to practice. Three hours later, Ryan Pace has a press conference and says that Kevin White could be out for the year. So, what did I make sense of it? This was know. the burden was on you. That's the center. I got bangs. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> I hear you. I feel for you. Bears are a mess. I mean, yes, they are. They're hoping Cutler gets better. I I like watching Jay Cutler still, but then you look at their defense and they have all these guys that are built for a totally different type of defense. And it's this transition year where they have a ton of guys standing up when they're really hand in the ground pass rushers. And it seems like they could be one of the worst teams. Well, they got smoked in the preseason game and they look slow on defense. Yes, they did. I don't really care about preseason results at all, but I will say that like maybe with an absence of expectations and a, a professional good coach in there. Cutler, everyone counting them out. Maybe they, they could surprise people. It's very generous Decent. of you. Decent. Eight, nine wins. Good division. Eh. All right. Elsewhere, the San Diego Chargers and Phillip Rivers. You know, we had talked that maybe a divorce was coming earlier in the offseason. It's not going to happen. Uh, the team announced that Rivers has agreed to a four-year extension. Uh, this happened on Saturday night. That will keep him under contract through 2019. Rap sheet. Don't know about that hair. Reports that Rivers' extension includes <laughs> over eighty-three million in new money, with sixty-five million in guarantees. Um, Mark Sessler. This wraps up, like I said, an off-season where we didn't know what his future was. Maybe he didn't want to be in L.A. if the Chargers ended up there. I guess that's uh, all out the window now. No trade clause, also in the contract. Well, I mean, and part of it was earlier in the off-season. Oh, maybe he'd like to finish his career in Tennessee, but Tennessee's found a quarterback and so have most other teams that he would have considered. So this was your best option. I, I'm not that surprised the Chargers got this done. They really wanted to keep him. Well, like you said, all the other quarterback openings are closed now, and he knew that the Chargers could just slap him with the franchise tag the next two years. So he really had no options unless he wanted to retire. I mean, and, that's the way, fact of life in the NFL. And that's how it, this is how it should be. I agree. He's 33 years old. He's had what will be an interesting Hall of Fame debate kind of career, depending on how the next few few years go. This is a team that hasn't done a ton of winning since early on in the Rivers era. I mean, really winning, winning playoff games. And he's one of the most underrated quarterbacks, I think, of the last 10 years. So I'd like to see him in San Diego and get it done. Maybe in L.A. next year. We can go watch him in person. Ooh, that would be People forget that last year he broke a record for most consecutive games of a 120 or more passer rating, and then he's he had back injury down the stretch and his offensive line kind of crumbled, but he was playing at a really high level for most of the season. It's another reminder, don't listen to the negotiation points during the offseason, although this one was different. I have a theory on this whole Phillip Rivers thing. Greg, I, I would like to hear your theory. I think we all would, <laughs> both in this room and the podcast audience. I think, I mean, Phillip Rivers, he wanted to go to Tennessee, period. I think Ken Wisenhunt and him, they share an agent. He wanted to get there. He put it out there. Kevin Acey, who's very close to him, basically put it out there too, that he'd like to be in the South to finish up his career. He said in March, on the record, when asked, would would you sign a contract this year? Is there any scenario you would sign a contract before the season starts? He said, honestly, nothing would change my mind. He mentioned the possible move to Los Angeles, alluded to that, said, I'm, I'm not going to sign that contract no matter what. The Chargers, give them credit, stood firm. They had no interest in trading Rivers. The thing I'm confused about is whether how much the Titans really wanted him or was it just Rivers trying to get out? The, the Chargers said, no way. We're going to call your bluff. We're going to keep you here. We're going to use the franchise tag if we have to. And then once you know they drafted Mariota, well, the they took money. The Titans aren't of one mindset. 
Ken Wisenhunt wanted him, that doesn't mean that everybody in the front office That's wanted him. That's probably what happened. And there was definitely a, a conversation that went on for a long time between the coach and the GM about what to even do with that draft pick. So Marietta, though, that cleared everything up. And like I, it would have been crazy to see Rivers in Tennessee, but he belongs in San Diego. I agree with Greg. Greg, uh, way to read between the lines and see what the average football fan cannot. <laughs> That's my role here. <laughs> All right, moving on. The New York Jets, uh, they have moved forward with Ryan Fitzpatrick, of course, after Geno Smith got knocked out uh, by his uh, former teammate, I.K. Inampale. Nailed it. Uh, now, the latest drama this weekend was the New York Post. Um, listen, Alec Baldwin, one of my spirit animals, uh, hates the New York Post because they're basically like TMZ East Coast. They send a cameraman and a reporter to Geno Smith's uh, apartment complex or wherever he lives, and they snapped him having a catch with his buddy, shirtless, with some black uh, bandages on his face that made him look like uh, Robert Durst, essentially. Made him look like a very strange <laughs> man. But that then turned into a story because then it gets back to the Jets who call up Geno Smith and says, hey, doctor's orders, do not throw when you're injured while you're healing up, and everyone gets on Geno Smith, and, and it's a big story in New York. I'm just saying, Greg, uh, completely manufactured. Greg, sometimes you say, everybody talks about it so the New York market's so hard. What's so hard about it? This is why the New York market mm. stinks, because when you're in trouble, they will finish you off, and Geno Smith's being finished off by the media. You don't think the Nashville Tennesseans following people around? <laughs> I don't, I don't think, think Jim so. Wyatt's writing a heat seeker about Mariota's <laughs> complex that he lives in. It, who who would have thought that of all that's happened to Geno Smith in the last week, the most embarrassing thing yet is that he's wearing eye black shirtless. By the way, while tossing with his with that's his the buddy. Other thing. Why is he wearing like it that? It wasn't is... eye black. It was bandages from his jaw surgery that people took that and ran with it. Ah. Team spokesman confirmed it. Why is it up around his eyes? That's I don't bizarre. see any retraction coming from the New York Post though about that either. Wait, why is it into the under... modern day Michael Jackson here? Why it is? Why is it <laughs> under his eye? I I, I picked Geno Smith to make the leap. And I still think he could come back and be good. Is he that, still in the league? That eye black was the first time I started to worry. I was like, <laughs> okay, maybe it's not going to happen. I think it's just a terrible sign. That it, the <laughs> aftermath where Geno Smith, it's his, he's a bit of an odd bird to begin with. You just get it the sense. It seems like he is, yes. But the other than Brandon Marshall this morning, Monday morning, coming forward and saying, supporting Geno Smith to some degree, the eerie silence from that locker room tells you everything oh, about where he telling. is with that team. Could also be telling you that Brandon Marshall is working his little – anti-magic in the locker room already. We're behind us right now. They're showing the Gino Instagram picture from after getting knocked out again. I, I can't even look at that photo. That is that is not my guy. I can't get behind him. But I will say that yeah, Gino, for all the mistakes he's made, this was not one of them. He was having a catch. And I tweeted about what, this. What do you mean? Todd Bull said it was a mistake. That's the telling response. Oh, Todd come Bull, on. Because first he all, got put on the spot immediately. He's like, he's not supposed to be doing that. No. We talked to him. But it comes out a in big the press deal. like, oh, he wasn't supposed to do that. Geno Smith is a complete well, fool. Well, but it's rooted in mistakes that he's made. He wouldn't be in his driveway no. throwing a nurse send, ball with a neighbor. Send cameras out and follow around everybody else in the NFL and see what you get. It's yeah, a lot not. worse than having well, a catch I, in the yeah, front I, I agree, but if Todd Bowles was trying to protect him, and believed in Geno Smith and wasn't already annoyed at him, he would protect him publicly. He wouldn't call yes. him out like right. that. Nobody's Just protected. like he kind of called him out. They inherited the him, they and they don't like him. Fault. I'm becoming more and more confident that we'll never see him wow. play another snap for the Jets. I think he'll play. By the way, we're just a few minutes into the show, and Dan has already um, called himself the old Zeuser in the third person <laughs> and come up with the old Zeuser quote of the day as a segment. And he said his spirit animal is Alec Baldwin. <laughs> So you pretty much can see how Dan sees himself right now. He's not the only one with the fan base. You I know am, what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the difference is, is that I'm very aware that my fan base is mostly just me being a fan of myself. 
but wait, no. what? Alex, wait, was that a shot at me? No, 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 no. no. no but not in the least. Come on, Wes. Wes is sensitive. They put a little extra makeup on him today, so he's a little worked up. Wait, wait, well, wait. I came and the came into the newsroom. Mark looked at me. Like this. Well, because like, what, and then Dan gave me the same look. I feel like right. I'm a monster. We're but bathed I, <laughs> under fluorescent lights, and Wes in makeup under fluorescent lights in a newsroom is uh, it caught me off guard. You don't see him made up normally. That not at his barbecue. You didn't have no to they put eyebrows on me. You didn't have to make like a sound and hide under your desk. You came back. Well, it, that was a little much. You came back with eyebrows. That was, I guess, a little telling. But yeah. you have eyebrows, but they're more defined now. Yeah. It's a little weird. Uh, by the way, for the <laughs> podcast listeners, and we'll let you know, by the way, because we're getting tweets, where can we watch this? It's still being worked out uh, when we're, like, all on board and we're on video with NFL Now and Apple TV. Stay tuned on that. If you're hearing, like, laser beam sounds, which, yes, it sounds ridiculous to me, too, that is throwing, cutting to video and cutting back uh, for our eventual video show. So do not be alarmed. This isn't – what's the Orson Welles uh, uh, well, there's someone more in more of the world, of the world. Do not go <laughs> panic and evacuate your area. In the meantime, you can still check out the videos, NFL.com slash podcast. Ooh. Ooh. Thank you very much. Nice. We do have some things up, but the entire show, TD, you'll be the first one to let us know, right? We'll do for sure. Absolutely. All right, now let's move on and talk about some preseason action. Uh, Jameis Winston, we'll start with the number one and number two picks because, you know, that's saucy and juicy. Right, Mark? Sure, let's do it. Yeah, Jameis Winston. Uh, had an uneven preseason debut, this according to a hot hot take from uh, Greg Rosenthal on our site. Uh, 9 of 19, passes 131 yards, interception, and a fumble in his first game action. Um, he had his last possession. It was a touchdown drive, but against, you know, backup at that, at that point. So I guess, Greg, like a lot of us are expecting, there's going to be some wow plays mixed in with some head scratchers. That's James Winston right now. Yeah, and I'm not going to take the results of the preseason too seriously. Cam Newton famously was t- terrible as, as a rookie in his preseason and played great. The opposite was true for Blake Bortles last year. Winston did come out. I mean, it really looked like he was just too amped up. His first three throws were just awful, awful throws. Uh, and he had a lot of bad moments, two center snap exchanges that were bad, um, an interception. With that said, he also had some really good moments, a 40-yard pass where he got hit, a third and 17, three third and longs, a, a rushing touchdown. So he showed a little bit of everything, good and bad, and at least the Bucks fans saw some good. I think Lovey Smith said after the game that it was a very Jameis Winston-type performance. It's sort of what they've seen in camp and in practices. And I think we've said from the start, he's not statistically going to be a flawless rookie quarterback at all. It's not showing some of what we've heard about Mariota. This is a different type of guy who's going to have his turnovers, but he's make his big plays too. I tell you, what I took away was they lost their right tackle for who knows how long, DeMar Dodson, who's their best offensive lineman. Mm. Their rookie left tackle got Everson Griffin, put a clown clown suit on him. I think what I want to see from Jameis Winston throughout the preseason is just stay in one piece. This is still the worst offensive line in the NFL, I think. You wrecked two quarterbacks last year, and now you got a rookie. Doug, Doug Martin agrees. Doug Martin, who did look good when he got the ball. Looked quick, but also missed a hole, which has been a problem for him yeah, for a couple of years. There were people in the backfield a ton uh, because of that offensive line. Uh, next up, Marcus Mariota, the number two pick in the draft, also had an up-and-down uh, uh, preseason opener. Uh, he started with – it started about as bad as possible, actually. He His first two possessions, uh, interception – then lost the fumble that was returned for a touchdown. His third uh, possession, however, he led uh, the Titans on a touchdown drive, uh, ending with a touchdown run. So similar similar situation. 
maybe some jitters involved. They were down 17 nothing and got him on the board and got out of the game. So Marcus Mariota also uh, up and down, 7 of 8, 94 yards, interception, lost fumble, and he took a sack. Didn't run at all either. Um, so we should see that, but not yet. I mean, what I loved about him was they showed him on the sideline after, you know, two awful possessions, and he was cool. I mean, he was talking to his teammates. He wasn't, you know, off in a corner with a towel over his head. And he came back. I thought he showed a lot of moxie on that, on that scoring drive. And that's, that's what Wisenhunt basically said after. That's who this guy is. Our video guys just showed this really nice touch pass he had to, end, to Antonio Andrews coming out of the backfield down the sideline. That was one of my favorite throws of the weekend. Very nice touch. The offensive line there is also an issue, and he was under heat. They made the Atlanta Falcons look like the fearsome foursome or something. I mean, they were, they were all over him early. And one little note there is that they, they changed up the offensive line in practice a couple days after this game, and Andy Levitre, who was one of the highest-paid free agents in the entire league two years ago, was not necessarily starting. It sounds like he might get cut. How about that? That, that would be stunning. You know who else is not going to be starting? Bishop Sankey. Mm. I like David Cobb ten times better. He's going to help Mariota yeah, out. A good game. little bit of a teaser for perhaps some discussion later. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe. Uh, that not, not the only uh, quarterback heat this weekend. Let's uh, talk about the Houston Texans, who, of course, have uh, what Bill O'Brien described in the episode, first episode of Hard Knocks is really a battle that's neck and neck right now between Brian Hoyer uh, – formerly Cleveland Springsteen, and Ryan Mallett. Uh, and both quarterbacks played well. Hoyer came in, led him on a touchdown drive, and then Mallett comes out, and he does some nice things too. So it's one of those happy problems for the Texans where perhaps no one really uh, stood out above the other guy because they both played well. However, Mark, Ryan Mallett will start week two of the preseason. What do you take of that? Well, I'd like to see what they just did. Can that be pulled off two games in a row? Because if there's anything about Mallet, it feels like even last season in his two starts, he was injured in the second one, granted, but really nice performance in Cleveland for the most part, a completely different quarterback the next week. These are two guys, same with Brian Hoyer. It's a, it's a flip of a coin. You don't know what you're going to get. Well, Mallet, like you said, his first start against Cleveland, he got coached really close to the vest. They didn't take many chances down the field. Everything was built off the run. And there was a lot of that in the preseason game this past weekend, too, where I only remember Mallett throwing it past 10 yards one time. Right. And you'd like to see him use that arm. He had one incompletion. He had 90 yards on 11 attempts. He made all the good decisions. There wasn't a lot that I took out of either player. I mean, Hoyer played one drive. He had a third and long completion. That was a diving catch. If that guy doesn't make the diving catch, Hoyer's three and out. Who knows? Uh, and then he made a nice throw to Cecil Shorts, who took it, you know, 58 yards. It was really just a throw. Either way, they looked okay. I think Hoyer's still the guy here. It's it's a weird setup. I feel though. like they're both going to start eight games. Why why yeah. start Mallet next week? And then he said it'll be the same setup where Mallet starts, but he basically only stays in until he scores or has a, a brief outing. But and then Hoyer makes as much sense as any other use of quarterback but in the preseason. If you think about it. Yeah, like maybe. All right, so they want to give Mallet a start, give him that. But then when the third preseason game, which is really where everybody plays the most, Hoyer's back behind center. Yeah, and unless Hoyer bombs out. I would think then he gets named starter. It seems like Hoyer's still the favorite despite what uh, Bill O'Brien says. I agree. To me, the Bills situation is more competitive. I think the Bills situation is truly up in the air. Tyrod Taylor played in their preseason opener very well, stood out, now down to Castle and Tyrod Taylor, and that's it. It's a two-person race. Like Castle's statistics, if you just look at the box score, were, were great. But if you watch the game, Taylor brought more energy to that offense. I think that someone 
when you look at the, what they have and who their offensive coordinator is, he's he likes someone like Taylor and what he can do. Yeah, and I think Rex has always liked Tyrod Taylor. Like you know, I I'm very. Uh, biased in this because we have to watch these games. I want to watch the fun guy, and that's sure. Tyrod Taylor. He did. He he did uh, some things with his legs that made you think that you can imagine Rex Ryan watching this, and, and Rex is obviously no quarterback expert. We know that. But knowing that if someone could bring some type of X factor to the game, it's Tyrod Taylor. We know what Matt Castle is. And E.J. Manuel, he looks like he's just a complete afterthought here. I think Ryan looks at it from what can I make the defensive coaching staff on the team we're going to play. They're going to have to go spend time worrying about Taylor's extra aspect of his game where Castle right. brings none of that. That's he, what he, he always thinks like that, yeah. which isn't necessarily what gets a, him in trouble. a smart sure. way to think. I mean, it hasn't worked out. Well, that's why they're running the Wildcat in 2014 in New it's York. It's also why they traded for Tebow. Right. Did we talk about Tebow yet? Um, well, offhandedly. Played football. Uh, the biggest story of the weekend? <laughs> will, Four was, string quarterback for the Eagles? The best part of uh, Tebow was watching uh, Mike Mayock, who called the game. Like, he completed a pass, and Mayock's like, oh, that was good. Nice power throw there or something like that. It was like very, like, straight-ahead analysis. There's not much you could say about Tim Tebow. Well, Mayock also said if, if they're making a decision about who can read the defense and make a decision and quickly get the ball out of his hands, it's not a competition that Matt Barkley is leagues ahead of Who looked Tim, good yesterday, actually. Which surprised, surprised me to hear that, that Matt Barkley is leagues ahead of anyone. But I guess in terms of that normal sort of quarterback skill set, he is. I think with Tebow, I mean, you know, watching him, yes, his motion is, I guess, a little tighter. It's a little bit different. But he is still at one of the ugliest throwers around. Yes. And you can't imagine him being put into a real game and having to get de- deal with a third and 16 type situation. Here, here's the exact may I quote, to be fair to Mike. Nice throw, hung in the pocket, made a throw. <laughs> That's about as glowing. Yeah, the as bullets are flying. You got to say what you. All right, let's go around the horn now, guys. In preseason week one, in the books, standout performances, guys that jumped out to you um, from week one. And Mark, I'll start with you. I'll go with Shane Ray. I, I thought watching that Broncos game that their pass rush. You know, I think everything all off season was how will Peyton Manning look in the offense, and that's obviously huge. But you forget that Denver has built a really nice roster in other parts of the team. And the way that they got after Russell Wilson in the start of that game, forget the end of the game, the way they got after him early on, very promising. Mm. Two impressive rookie pass rushers in that game. Frank Clark of the Seahawks, too, was very impressive. But Shane Ray did look good. How about you, Wes? Two backup quarterbacks. Kirk Cousins, who I think is better than a few starters, including the one on his own team. And Chase Daniel of the Chiefs, who Greg wrote as a making the leap candidate, stood in the pocket and took some hits and still was dead accurate mm. on a lot of throws. Led, I think he had three possessions and led three touchdown drives. This guy could start for some teams. He's really accurate. Hey, by the way, he knocked the Chargers out of the playoffs last year. Yeah. yeah. Remember that? Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say August is Chase Daniel time. Unlike, I mean, this is Chase Daniel season. Yeah, he former, looked good in that game, Former too. making the leap uh, – candidate. He, he's still going to make it. Maybe he did make it last Everybody's year. Everybody's talking about Mettenberger, Kirk Cousins, and Chase Daniel. Better prospects you know in my you opinion. Want? You want someone that knows how to start You know the, the season off, right? You think of Chase Daniel, and he knows how to finish. You bring him in for that Week 17 game and knock out the They card. don't win that Week 17 game without him. He was a big reason that they They have a lot more than zero touchdown passes to wide receivers last year if Chase Daniel played all 16 And games. that's the last time we'll talk about Chase Daniel. <laughs> yes. Year. By the way, Wes, over <laughs> under Kirk Cousins starts eight and a half. I'll take the over. What? 
He's better than the starter. If I'm he sorry. He's looking good, and he's got the coaches, uh, coaching staff. Here's a little stat. RG3 is not going to. I know I'll get some brushback from Redskins fans. Here's a little stat for you. Kirk Cousins averaged 100 more yards per game than Robert Griffin last year, and had more touchdowns in six games than Griffin and Colt McCoy had in 14 combined. Mm. Cousins is looking. He kind of moves the sticks. Too, he look. He's two two problems with him. He needs to show resilience resiliency when he has a turnover. He's yet to do that, and he, he throws into coverage too much. But I'll take that versus not being able to move an offense. He reminds I, me a lot of Geno Smith. Yes, he lacks mm. resiliency, which I think. Is maybe better than Robert Griffin III at this point? We'll see. I think he's a better passer than Geno Smith. Fourth or games, though, I thought Cousin kind of lost his head at times last season. Mm-hmm. That's he what got he, into. he needs that resistance. True. I think that that's better than sheer ineptitude, which is what RG3 was all last year. That's fair. I will go with, and this is a little shout-out to our overseas listeners, Jared Hain, the uh, San Francisco 49ers, running back, of course, the former Australian rugby star, what is it? Rugby league star. Rugby league. Rugby league. They're urging different. us to say rugby league star. Not, it's there's not a the difference same thing. between the rugby league and rugby union. Completely different sports. But don't get the Australians and the English going back and forth about it. because We don't want that. On things. Because, yes, they have before and they will again. But Hayne, uh, in his first NFL training camp, his first preseason game, 120 yards against the Texans. And that included a 53-yard run down the left sideline. Uh for Jim Tom Sula's team against the Texans in a 23-10 loss. Now, Jim Tom Sula was the first one to point out. Everybody calm down, you know, relax. This was not against starters. He's got a long way to go. But promising, and this is Reggie Bush's boy, of course. I think Reggie Bush all but guaranteed Hayne was going to make the roster, and this is a nice start. Well, I think the foreigner. at risk of aggravating our fans down under, Jim Tom Sula is right. This guy lacks instincts for football right now. He's a special teamer, and you see when he gets in space, he's fine. But that 53-yard run was a gaping hole that anybody could have run through. That I just I, when I noticed him on all of these other he plays, he doesn't know. And he shook off a tackle. He doesn't know exactly what he's doing in tight spaces yet. Yeah. And I think he's not a running back. He's a special team. Well, they did say that he has been one of the fastest learners on that team. That he's picking it up quick. So I hope that he has a chance to continue to develop because he's fun to watch. I, I don't think he's guaranteed team. to make the team. He's not guaranteed, but he almost started that game and he started it as a returner and, and a running back. So they're giving him a chance. My takeaway was uh, just all the good rookie receivers over the weekend, especially the little guys. Nelson Aguilar, who's not as small, 185 pounds, but then Tyler Lockett and Philip Dorsett. Those guys average about 175 pounds between them. They all look lightning fast. They kind of fit what the NFL is all about right now, and they look like they're going to be factors right away. And on Aguilar's touchdown, I mean, Mark Sanchez threw a bad ball. He had to jump up and grab it (laughs) and then made a move, you know, in space afterwards. Yes, it's true, Dan. Lockett is a rare NFL player that makes the rest of – the players on the field look really slow. It not many people do that. I mean, he he's going to be a return guy, but I mean, he could be something. And they didn't have a kick return past the forty-seven last year, I think it was. So that's going to change. Wow. All right, gentlemen, uh, that is it for the news and the week one of the preseason review. We got three more of these preseason weeks before the big curtain goes up. But now the curtain goes up for us as well. I've been teasing it for weeks. And, you know, I see on the screen behind me, I don't know how many times i got to tell my producer, this is not the fantasy football preview. This is the fantasy football spectacular TD. Around the NFL's fantasy spectacular 2015. Oh, my God, listen to that. <laughs> listen to the Gin Blossoms, our house band. I should say that is not the Gin Blossoms, but it sounds kind of like a bluesier version of them. Three shows this week. All three shows will have dedicated segments. And, guys, I was thinking about this. you got to cut through the noise in fantasy. There's so many people. We could lose the 
gin blossoms now. Oh, no, I think we should just keep them around. They, um, they need the work. Yeah, we'll pay them hanging out all soup. week. Uh, you know, we, you got to cut through the noise in the fantasy world. There's so, as you got Greg and Wes and Mark, you're here as well. Like you guys know, <laughs> there's so many competitors out there. Everybody's saying we're the experts. We're the experts. No, so I was thinking of some catchphrases for us. Okay. Uh, By the way, there's no, there's no such thing as a fantasy football expert. Shh, 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 shh. Don't tell anyone. Here's some taglines. You guys, yay or nay? Okay. Congrats, everybody. You're in the catbird seat now. How about, how about that? What's this for? This is our tagline. Uh, I'm uh, going to pass on that one. Okay, that's fine. Catbird of what? All right. <laughs> You're in the catbird seat now. <laughs> no. Okay, that's fine. We guarantee you win your fantasy league. I don't know if that's legally. We're that could come I don't, to, think, I, think that's I don't think I want to take responsibility with what, w- for what guess. some guy's doing in Everyone, week five okay. of the season. I think that's safe. Everyone listening to this will win all their leagues. <laughs> uh, how about this? Uh, duh, you'll be winning. That's Bring out. it back, maybe? It's not coming back. That's promising. All right, how about this? All the other guys in your leagues are. Yeah. Like <laughs> well, listen, you talk about cutting through that the white noise. Power. That's true, too. <laughs> <laughs> I know those guys. Really that might did? be the one. Really? What? Really? What? Oh, what did I do? Let's get to the fantasy football preview set. Okay, sorry, TD. You know, <laughs> this is the spectacular TD. I don't know how many times I need to repeat myself. This is the spectacular. Thank you, Jin. And there's no that's train his, that's his name. involved. Jin. <laughs> All right, let's get into it. We're going to do... How do we want to do this, TD? Are we going to do – you want to go through tight ends first or running backs? No, running backs, sir. Let's do some running backs. There we go. Undervalued running backs. Now, this is is the whole – Overvalued running backs. Overvalued running backs. We want to make sure you don't get sucked into the hype train. We're here to tell you who is overvalued at the running back position. Greg, get us going. Well, let's start at the very top. And Wes sent me a list, and I wish I could disagree with it uh, more than, than I did, but I agreed with a lot of it. And he wanted to talk about Justin Forsett as a guy who's getting drafted way too high, and I agree. Here's going a guy, in the second round. Here's a guy who had a career year last year. He's about, you know, he's a, you know, he's a lot stronger than us, but he's about our size, hasn't had a great career, a journeyman, and they're changing offenses. That's who you want to avoid, people with different situations going on. I don't think that's a small point about changing offenses. Basically, G- Gary Kubiak picks up Justin Forsett wherever he goes. Forsett said at one point last year that he owed his season to Gary Kubiak, who stood on the table for him. Mm. Now, Kubiak leaves, takes his zone blocking scheme with him. They're going to keep it under Trespin, but Trespin's never run his zone blocking scheme before. We have no idea how this is going to work. Trespin's a QB whisperer. Nobody ever said RB whisperer. I think like that Trespin is <laughs> typically, he's happy to focus on one running back. It's not going to necessarily be like a committee approach, but Talia Farrow played a bunch in their preseason yeah. game with the ones. He, he looked good. Another guy we've mentioned earlier in this offseason, but because he's going as a first-round pick, I think we should mention it, is C.J. Anderson. Of the oh, Den- yeah. of Denver Broncos. And I think the other night should remind people, C.J. Anderson leaves with an ankle injury. It wasn't, it's not going to be major, but it's a reminder, hey, this guy hasn't done it for an entire season. And the other guys come in, Monty Ball, Ronnie Hillman, and they look great. Kubiak was effusive in his praise of Hillman, who looked – Hillman looked great, um, like you said. And I think that's the point, that we've seen this year in and year out with Broncos running backs where everybody wants to draft them in the first round, and by week three, they're on the bench. But, I mean, this – Kubiak does, you know, initiate what might be a great running team this season. They're going to run the ball a lot. They've talked about that. Is it that you don't trust – Anderson as a bell cow because they've got two other capable dudes. Well, it's all about we're talking value. He's getting taken as a first round pick, you know, as high as Very five, high. six, right. seven, whatever it's going to be. You can take Calvin Johnson there. You can take Julio Jones. You can take guys. Reach. You can take 
Jamal Charles. You could take guys that have done it year Rich. after year and have been great. And you got to hit a them. home run with that pick. It's not just that I don't trust Anderson as a bell cow. It's that you don't know what the coaching staff will do. Right. This guy's not established as a as a dynamite running back. Let's, and then let's talk about the Cowboys situation. First, their current running back, and then their former running back who's somewhere else. Now, Joseph Randall, will you guys believe, and again, if there is maybe for the second show, uh, TD, just an idea, underneath Greg and Wes's names, <laughs> fantasy icons. <laughs> What's under Mark's name? I'll get to that. But <laughs> you're <laughs> – I don't want to know. Your take on Joseph Randall, Greg Rosenthal. Well, I don't see him as overvalued. You know, I you would I, draft him in the fourth round. I don't love the fourth round, but I like Joseph Randall having a good season. I think the Cowboys are showing confidence in him. He's already hurt. Showing bums off the street. You know, everyone keeps getting hurt, and they're not bringing in anyone there because they got McFadden. With all that said, I don't really love him I'm in the fourth a, round. I'm as much as I think Joseph Randall's going to be fine, I don't like him in the fourth round. So you're right. He's a little overvalued. You think he's going to be a bust. Well, their offensive coordinator has come right out and said this is a running back by committee. I don't know why everybody's Over and look, over. You don't look any further than that. And, running back by committee. And that's how it. That's how it will start week one. But wait till some of these guys that have injury issues start dropping my flies. Before you know, you'll have some jabroni getting the most carries, and they're going to lean on that offensive line. A couple injuries to that offensive line. All of a sudden, the Cowboys aren't looking so. Right, good. See, I think they're going to throw the ball. I think it's going to be much closer to somewhere in the middle between where they were two years ago and last year. It's not going to look like what it was last season right, with the percentage of runs. It would be crazy if it was. First of all, they would have to have as good an offense, and that was one of the best offenses of the last ten years. Second. You don't have DeMarco Murray. I mean, it is as much as I like Randall for fourth round where you can get guys like Carlos Hyde is still there. Frank Gore is sometimes still on the – I mean, uh, uh, very good wide receivers are still on the board. It's a little too rare. Don't get cute. What's the most carries he's ever had in a game, like 12? Randall? Yeah, let's calm down. Is DeMarco Murray overvalued, by the way, after being the offensive player of the year, going to ha- split the ro- load a little bit this year? I think he is just because of Ryan Matthews. Let me tell you something about fantasy, too. If you're stuck having to do, to do this and play fantasy, then you might as well draft people that you, that you want to root for. And, and I would never sign up for – I would never put McFadden on my fantasy team. What about DeMarco? It's a time about, bomb waiting to go wait, off. Wait, but we're talking about DeMarco Murray here. Oh, DeMarco Murray, sure. Well, that's a different conversation. Well, I'm not rooting for him either. <laughs> you're, you know, in fantasy, you never want to pay for last year, and that's what you're paying for. And the right. Eagles' offense does change things. I mean, it's a great running offense. But I think Ryan Matthews, as Wes has said, could wind up having a similar amount of yards. And he's going much later. I mean, he's wildly undervalued. I would draft Ryan Matthews in the 10th round or wherever he's going rather than taking DeMarco Murray in the early second or late first. The icons have spoken. Well, what they're talking about in Philly, too, is that they're not just going to throw Matthews in for a play here and there, but they move so fast that Matthews will get his entire drive. And then so and Matthews is, is the perfect fit for this offense. I mean, they both are, really, but this Matthews isn't coming off 500 touches. All right, guys, this is, again, the fantasy spectacular on Around the NFL. Now let's talk about, yeah, all right, (laughs) rock and roll is fun. Let's talk about undervalued running backs. And uh, Chris Wessling, this time I'll start with you. Well, there's one who just jumps out, Jonathan Stewart. Mm. How is this guy? We know he's one of the most talented running backs in the NFL. Down the stretch last year, he has the second most rushing yards over the past five weeks of the season, and they have nothing behind him. (laughs) D'Angelo Williams is out of there. They've got guys like what Fozzie Whitaker is a threat to Jonathan Stewart. No way. That's not I, a real I person. hear you. I have been Jonathan Stewart's biggest fan forever. Like I thought he was going to be a top five running back. 
But the reason he's in the fourth round is because you talked about never doing it before. He's been I mean, around a while he's now. barely ever done it before by himself. He barely ever stays healthy. So I can understand it's a it's an okay-looking offense. How many years has he gone into the season as the number one undisputed back? And healthy. Ne- yes. Almost never. Never. But, but this year he is. Uh, well, there was – there was one year, though, when we all were expecting him to finally have that breakout. But we knew that Stewart. D'Angelo Williams was there and was getting paid. And what did Stewart do, though? He got hurt. I mean, he, he you have to – that's running why I don't can, think the fourth – Look, any running back can get hurt, but I'm just saying, look at the, some of the guys getting drafted ahead. Joseph Randall's getting drafted ahead of him. Mm. I mean, if he plays the way he did in December in, in parts of November as and well – And we have no reason to believe he won't. Right, John, then you've got a 1,000-yard rush. Jonathan easy. Stewart – Games played the last three years, 9-6-13. So that is – durability cannot be put into question. Now you're going to give him a bigger role and expect him to stay healthy this time. That's a risk. That's fair. That's a they, risk. They all have risks. Yes, but some guys are more injury-prone. Than the point is, in fantasy football, you want the guy with the highest upside. You want to draft for ceiling because you can pick up floors Rich on the waiver wire halfway through the season. That's true. Draft that'll, for ceiling. That'll be part of our Friday show, Fantasy Philosophies. No. And that's true. I mean, if you can get a guy— Don't in, take him in the first round. You need a sure thing there. But take him in the third round ahead of some of these bums. Some of the un- undervalued guys— Todd Gurley's going ahead of him. Yeah, that's crazy. Some of the undervalued guys that I want to point out are are really guys where you can look at the flip side and the, the people with them in the backfield are wildly overvalued. And since we didn't have enough time for the overvalued, I'm going to all jam it all in right here. Three names. Amir Abdullah, we all like. Oh, yeah. I think fourth or fifth round is totally reasonable for him. And it's insane that anyone is taking Joyke Bell. It's It was crazy to begin right. with. It's insane that anyone's taking Joyke Bell anywhere near the top 70, but that's dudes picks. that are just plugging into football now. But there are well, still people who love short yardage backs right. too. People for still some think reason, like he's gonna be healthy. This guy wasn't that talented. He's not healthy at all. Devontae Freeman, I totally agree with you, Wes, on that. That if you're gonna take a Falcons running back, for some reason people see him and Tevin Coleman as a similar guys. I'd much rather have Devontae Freeman. And then Trey Mason, Wes is finally coming around to my boy. He's the healthy one in the Rams' backfield. He's going in the seventh or eighth round. You might get a very good starting running back for Trey Mason. How is Gurley getting drafted like five rounds ahead of Trey Mason? That makes no sense to me. We've already had the rap sheet report that Gurley might not even play in September. David Cobb is a name. I love Cobb. I mean, because really like. partly because Bishop Sankey, again, is the most boring running back to watch in the entire NFL. And undervalued isn't all just about guys sort of, you know, sleepers at the end of the draft. Frank Gore and Andre Ellington. If I think take wide receivers. I loved what early, I saw from Ellington. Take Aaron Rodgers early. Take Gronk early, and then go get Gore and Ellington in the second, third round. I knew Gore would get worked into this somehow. Now, of course. <laughs> let me say again here in the fantasy spectacular, we have the icons as I call them, Greg and Wes. But over there in the corner, we talked about we bring them up a lot on the show. NFL Media Insider Ian Rappaport. I'm looking at right now NFL Media Fantasy Outsider. Mark yep. Sessler. That's right. So we're on Sess's corner now, Mark. Uh, There's been a lot of consternation that you haven't maybe felt included as we've been building up to the segment. But now you got your own street corner, and you're gonna you're gonna you know just spout some truths or opinions. Well, this. you know, I want to start right here because what I when I want to give the fans, we're talking about people that are plugging back in. You don't ten, a couple guaranteed bus. Wait, this music doesn't I don't help like this. us. Yeah, this is what is what the tone of this music is questionable. <laughs> That's ridiculous. The tone is no clown car. Yeah. Turn it down, TD. <laughs> I got some serious information to get to. All right, listen. These are guys right, that you Let's put that behind us. Yeah, that NFL was un- that was uncalled for, but Tennessee <laughs> outsider Mark says. These are you do not want to pick these guys. And I can I understand the temptation around some of these names, but you don't do it. 
Paul Lasiki, Cardinals running back. Stay away from that guy. <laughs> Capri Bibbs from the Broncos, not going to be a factor in Denver this autumn. I'll take him off my list. Dominique Williams of the Vikings. Hold on. Dominique Wilkins? I got I wrote notes on Dominique Wilkins over the week or Dominique Williams over the weekend. He well, looked pretty good. Well, he's not going to well, play this season. You're drafting no. him one two one year too early. Terrell Watson, Bengals. Adam Schlitz of the Chiefs. He's getting a lot of buzz. You stay Makes away from beer. Adam Schlitz. Never draft a guy named Schlitz. You don't Old go with Adam Schlitz. David Flewellen of the Titans. Won't see daylight. Tim Flanders of the Browns. I mean, he's going to be a street free agent. Talking about two free agents that are getting some buzz. Yeah. And I also say, I understand, oh, it's a waiver wire type pickup. I'm in a dynasty league. Don't do it. Gregory Bank Oppenheimer, free agent. <laughs> these are made and, up names, right? His grandfather uh, invented the bomb. There you go. Gene Whittier Oswald. These are people that I don't draft. Now so I know his that's grandfather shot somebody. I know, I know. That's when Oswald luck. comes in, that's a fictional name. It has to be. <laughs> um, this is We're like, learning why you're the fantasy out. If you're going to take one minute of the show and put it in your back pocket, I've told you just time bombs to avoid. You're very much on the outside. And I am. You come with, with the opinions that maybe you don't expect. That's why you're the fantasy outsider. Let's move on on the Around the NFL Fantasy Spectacular. Talk some tight ends, and we're going to start – we're going to start with some overvalued tight ends. Wes, we're going to get going with Greg Olson. I think this is Greg's boy. Oh, is that your boy? Well, it's not my boy It because he's overvalued. You pick one season out of what's been a very solid, you know, Greg Olson-like career, eight, eight, nine years where he's just plugging along. He has one great year, and then suddenly you draft him off that one great year. He's, there's a million other tight ends that I like going six, seven rounds later than that are essentially the same as Greg Olson. You can get a 670-yard guy. Take, you're paying for last year, if you've, as you've mentioned several times here. Take, no, take a running again. back there. He got 1,000 yards last year, first time in his career. But what you're really going to get, look at his bigger career. You're going to probably get 16 starts. He's going to stay healthy. You're going to get about 70 catches, about 800 yards, five or six touchdowns. That is not high-end production, but it's a good guy deeper in the draft. Right, deeper in the draft. Funches takes He's getting drafted ahead of Julius Thomas. Funches seems like he could wind up doing some of the same things. It's mostly just because I think tight end is deep this year, but not very good. Like, there's two or three good tight ends, and then there's 15 to 20 others that are all close enough. You might as well just wait. This speaks to what Wes said earlier in one of my notes I've taken. Draft for ceiling. You're not going to get a big ceiling from Greg Olson. Throw one out there for us, uh, Wes. <laughs> this is the most head-scratching of any ADP I've seen of any position. Wow. Austin Safarian Jenkins is being drafted as a tight end one. Mm-hmm. The 12th tight end overall. I have no idea why that's happening. Their offensive line is miserable. He's probably going to be asked to block a lot. He's got a rookie quarterback who looked extremely raw. And what has he done? Austin Safarian Jenkins. How is he being Fair. drafted ahead of Vernon Davis? Jordan Reed is being drafted like nine spots below, nine tight end spots below Austin Severian. Kyle Jenkins. Rudolph, Dwayne Allen, like it is a bizarre thing. Antonio Gates is being drafted. I mean, Ahead I don't of care. Kyle Rudolph, I think Rudolph's going to be great this season. Austin Severian Jenkins, I have no idea what people are doing. There. Well, maybe, maybe I'll just throw this out. Maybe it's the garbage points yardage that they expect them to get pile up. If you are drafting for garbage yardage, you need to take a primer on fantasy football. Is it what Greg said that goes looking at this list of tight ends? I mean, he's too high where he is, but you get to 15, 16, and you're getting into some territory with dudes that just aren't going to – You're getting not some anchor interesting guys like Jordan Reed and Vernon Davis. You got well, Heath, I like Jordan Reed if he plays. 
I, I look right, at, but that's the thing. Draft for ceiling, draft for upside. You can pick up Austin Safarian Jenkins on your waiver wire. Right, there I guarantee tight, it. There should right. be tight ends on the waiver wire. Guys like Owen Daniels should be on the waiver wire. We mentioned him the other day as a guy who is getting insanely drafted too high. I'm going to throw out a name. Zach Ertz, I think, is overvalued. Wes thinks he's undervalued, but I don't know. He's just a, a little part of that offense. He's not on the field Are you all, sure? all the time. He's not necessarily getting the most snaps at tight end. To me, he's one guy out of six there, and he hasn't really shown anything that it's going to suddenly like explode. Didn't he break the franchise record for receptions in a game last year at the end of the year, which showed me that they want him more involved in the offense when he's catching 15 passes in one game. They don't necessarily see him as a starter. They have Aguilar. They have Jordan Matthews. (laughs) they got a million people. How about now let's take a look now at – some undervalued tight ends in the draft. And I'll start I'll start the ball running. Listen, I ain't no icon. I ain't no outsider. I'm just a guy. Just a regular guy. Jeff Cumberland. Way undervalued. <laughs> Cumbie. Hashtag Cumbie. Jets tight end. Jason Morrow. Jets former second round pick. Hurt. Cumbie's going to be in that offense. Ryan Fitzpatrick going to be some serious. You like him better than Amaro as a prospect this season. Absolutely. I think the guy Fluellen that Mark mentioned would be a better pickup than uh, Jeff Cumberland. Hashtag Cumbie for president. Make America great. You guys throw out some others. I do like that there's at least four listeners out there that's like writing that at Cumberland. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. 14th round. A lot of good undervalued tight ends. And I think Julius Thomas is going to sink in drafts. We didn't mention that he broke uh, a bone in his hand over the weekend. He's not going to be ready until week one. That's good. He that's, was already undervalued. He, that's what I'm saying. And now now he's going to sink. I like Julius Thomas. He's got a way higher upside uh, than some of the tight ends like Greg Olson that oh, we mentioned. People, people attribute all of his success to Peyton Manning, which is – Flat out untrue. He's a, he's a great athlete and one of the best tight ends in the league. you got to draft him high. A lot of good undervalued candidates. Jordan Cameron's. I love that one. one. So take do a, I. Take a chance. He's not getting drafted till late, and he could have a monster. That makes no sense to me because Clay was targeted an absolute ton by Tannehill the and last two years, and he's a better player than Clay, and he can do a way lot. Way better. And at the time of the signing, I, as I called, leave Cleveland. Of course he's going to have a big year. You got to f- factor in that kind of stuff too. He's a risk. All, a lot of these guys we're mentioning are risk, but we draft for upside. Best case scenario, Jordan Cameron has top three tight end potential. Just take a Jordan. Jordan Reed, I agree. Oh, Jordan Reed, no, no, definitely. No, no. That's a great late pick. Just so everybody knows, Jordan he's Reed picked in like twelve games in two round. years. Look where he's going though. Twenty third. Well, from saying, that do end, not yes. don't reach for him because <laughs> no, don't reach for him. Twelve games in two years. Already had his knee scoped in the offseason and already has a hamstring injury. Yes, he's going to have a bigger role because everyone's hurt in Washington now, but be careful with Jordan Reed. Come on. Don't be careful. Draft Jordan Reed because look at these bums. <laughs> you can draft Austin Safarian Jenkins to get four points a week. Jordan Reed, on the weeks he's healthy, is going to give you 10 or 12. Everyone wants to uh, turn out the lights on some of the big names that have been at the tight end position for a while. I think Vernon Davis, in the he's basically you're going to take him in the last round of your draft. I know he's coming off a total dead year. He's a guy that I would bet on because he's an, Me too. he's an unbelievable athlete who's shown he can do it before. Take a chance on him over over some. I mean, I would almost equally put him and Greg Olson. It's not to me. It's not that big a difference. And last year, that's about where they were getting drafted in the same right. spot. You, it's, it's not a bad thing to do. Look at last year where people are getting taken, and if it's an insane. Uh, difference and a guy still should be in his prime even though he struggled last year, take him. Great Antonio Gates last year. A lot of people slept on him. Right. Ended up having a ton of touchdowns. So let's head back over now to the fantasy corner with our NFL media fantasy outsider, Mark Sessler. Your take on the tight end. Well, this is not a tight end take. Okay. This is, uh, this is more of a concern that I have about people that play fantasy. So I just want to get into okay, it. Okay. I mean, basically I'm here to speak to uh, – 
to those people who have taken fantasy football to a dark and lonely place. Oh. Okay? It's fine being a fantasy head. I love you guys. But I speak pointedly to the type of fellow who prances about telling us about the 15 leagues he's embroiled in. <laughs> that guy. No, yeah, that's bad. Now, if this applies to any of you out there, here's the truth. Anyone in more than five fantasy leagues is issuing a secret cry for help. <laughs> I am not here to shame you. Yeah. Okay? I'm here to urge this type of fantasy head to seek help today. What kind of help? Well, professional help, because you've got issues. You know, that person will say, I have a need for affection, a need for tenderness, for understanding, but where do I find it in this indifferent world? This type of hobby horse fantasy head is lonely and seeking connection. It's easy to see. It's no surprise because, you know, today's humans were parceled out and separated. There's no real interaction. It's fading. It's the plot of her. That is, uh, that is accurate, Dan, yes. yes sorry. And instead of sharing you know, their fears and innermost thoughts, these fantasy heads sign up for 14 leagues, hoping that some rotisserie-based parlor game will fill that empty space. I don't count anymore, says the fantasy head. You do exist. You do matter. I believe in you. Find balance, reduce your leagues, and find help. I mean, I wish. Thanks. It's time. I mean, I, no I more than five leagues. I haven't talked about this a lot publicly, but I wish someone like Mark was there for me. Um, during a dark period of my life, it would have been great to hear those words. So I'm sure going to help some people, and that's what we're about. You are not alone. That's the message. We'll not have to walk this road alone. All right. So that is, you know, we, we walk away from the corner, bewildered, but smarter. Uh, Mark, I hope we'll be back with you uh, as the week progresses. I think we will. We're going to head on that street corner and talk some more to the outsider. Icons, thank you very much for everything you've given us. Uh, We'll be back uh, on Wednesday breaking down some more positions and giving more hot takes. I'm just a regular guy sitting in, soaking in all the knowledge. (laughs) That's my role in this. Uh, this uh, We'll be back Wednesday, as we said, with another show. This is Dan Hansis signing off. Mm. Quiet Storm. Outside. The mailman, the boss, and TD, and everybody else behind the glass. Until Wednesday. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 